0: War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah or its athletic programs. The views and opinions expressed on the War Party U weekly podcast are those of War Party U and War Party U alone. Go Utes! This is War Party U. Go Utes! What's shaking, Ute Nation? It is I, Matty Aces, and this is War Party U Weekly Podcast. Damn, it's a good time to be a Ute. Utes are up to number six in the college football playoff poll. Looking at Senior Day, bringing in the Colorado Buffaloes on Saturday. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got lots to talk about. Man. Bringing back those throwbacks from the UCLA game for this senior day. Good golly, Miss Molly. Joining me as always, Michelle Bodkin, Ryan Boyce. We're going to be talking about the Utes. We'll talk about what's coming up for this tailgate this weekend. The last tailgate of the season. It's here. Can you believe it? It's like I want it to get here, but I also love the anticipation. I don't want it to be over, but I want it to be here. Reminds me of Christmas when I was a kid, but we should have plenty of snow to go around as well, so buckle up, buckle in, and let's get this party started, because War Party U is go! Matty Aces, War Party U. Michelle Bodkin and Ryan Boyce. The gang back together for another edition. Let's chat for just a moment about last weekend. And uh, Utes going into Tucson and just straight taking care of business against Arizona. Another near shutout. Another game where that Ute defense was just not giving up shit. I mean the the disparity in yards. Utah 517 yards of offense. Arizona didn't crack 200 yards. In fact, Mr. Zach Moss 26 carries, 203 yards and a touchdown with a 40 a, a, a touchdown of 41 yards. By the way, where he just went around the end and went untouched down the sideline for six. Zach Moss outgained the entire Arizona offense on his own. Brant. Keithy puts up another impressive performance. Only 81 yards receiving this time, but dude scored twice on running plays. Running just this little, man, little fly sweep kind of action to the tight end, man. And and oh boy, breaking out a few more wrinkles. I expect to see a few more. I mean, maybe not this weekend against Colorado. I don't think that extra wrinkles will be needed against Colorado, although. I think it's a great time to show those uh, with the national TV audience. But we'll get into that. Tyler Huntley, once again, throwing down. Did have his second interception of the year um, on an ill-advised toss, picked off in the end zone. But, I mean, Arizona was doing themselves no favors because uh, Lorenzo Burns, who picked him off, instead of just putting the knee down and taking the ball... Man, he tried to run it out and got gacked at the three-yard line. So, wow, good job. Turnover. You got your team the ball back. But instead of decent field position, you you backed your offense up to the three-yard line. And that's just a recipe for nothing good happening for you. Um, you know, Jaden Redding, five for five on extra points, did not have a field goal attempt in the game. Ben Lennon, one punt uh, and an ill-advised fake but you know you got to bust that out it didn't look to me by wits reaction on the sidelines that it was necessarily a dialed up fun- fake punt but man you know you got to think that 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 lennon coming in from australia is used to a little bit more action and it, you know combined with how seldom the youths are punting this year um and and with you know his background in australia he want he just wanted to take a hit man he wanted to mix it up uh but you know now you know Utah has shown that you know we will fake it on you if you want to, so you know you got to prepare for that. And uh, man, you know, it, just so many players getting in on on, on the action. It, it's so much fun. I mean, you know, and and you know TJ Green getting his first touchdown of the season. Uh, Zach Moss, of course, as previously stated, got one. Uh, Damari Simpkins caught a touchdown pass. You know, just spreading, spreading it around, man. Spreading it around, uh, my man, Samson Nakua, one catch, eleven yards. You gotta think he's gonna be, he's gotta have a breakout game soon, man. He's gotta have a game where he gets more touches and gets more involved. Yeah, with the no block, no rock philosophy, he's blocking the hell out of mofo's. So let's let's let, let, let's get a few more passes to number twenty-one, shall we, dude? has Got the best hands on the team, um, and I know he is showing such tremendous patience and maturity. And is such a great teammate for all of these guys. Uh, you know, can't wait to see him, man. Dude's just a sophomore, so let's let's uh, let's start slinging it his way. What do you say? Uh, of note, also, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that uh, that you know that that, that that Tyler is healthy, man. We got a healthy team coming out of this game, um, and. Uh, And this, I just can't say enough nice things about this defense, man. Nice, nasty, shut down, locked down. Take their lunch money, help them up, and go take it again, man. Because hopefully they brought milk money too. But it was just, it was, it was such a great time. I actually decided to take it easy on myself and the masses Uh, with the late kick and everything. I ended up watching the game in the comfort of my own home um which was a which which was a good idea which was a good idea for me um and uh you know I, I I I don't do that very often now nowadays but uh but it felt right and uh with with my tailgate crew on the road in Tucson man if I can't watch the game at Albert's place then I'm going to stay home <laughs> and unfortunately the Utah Sports Collective did not organize another watch party. I mean, we could do that more often, right? I mean, I'd I'd be down for that. It sounds like a good idea to me. That's a good time. But all in all, another dominating performance by Utah. I mean, it was never in doubt, and it should have been. It, and it wasn't even as close as that score indicates. You know, Utah had some struggles on some fourth and short. Uh, it got stopped at the goal line at the end of the first half, um, and uh, and you know, got stopped again. You know, earlier in the game on a fourth and one. So. You know, there was more on the table that got left there points wise, but I'm not going to complain about 35 to 7 at all. Utes didn't fumble in the game. You know, we've had some fumbleitis earlier in the season from time to time, and it's good to see that cleaning up. Penalties continue to be an issue, though. Penalties were an issue early in the season. They had it under control, but it seems like the wheels kind of came off of that this weekend. And so, you know, there's plenty to work on, and that's one thing that you love to see. Um, you know, honestly, it's, it's uh, you know, it, with, a, with a victory, with a resounding victory where everything was firing and everything went perfect, it's hard to, you know, to identify things that need to be worked on, and there's plenty to work on, and there's plenty to, on, there's plenty to keep this team focused. So, you know, hey, you know, coming up you know, later on on War Party U, we're going to be talking about the matchup with the Buffs and the upcoming weekend, the final weekend of the regular season of college football, so stick around. This is War Party U, but you knew that.
1: You are listening to the Smooth Sounds of War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin hanging out with my dear friends, Matt and Ryan, And uh, we're we're talking the last game of the regular season. It seems so hard to believe that we have done 12 of these now. And like I said, that, that the regular season, the season that we couldn't wait for to come, to get started, to be here, because we had, at least I did, going into the season, had high expectations for what this team could do. And I think, on so many levels, they, they have met and exceeded some, some, of, some of our wildest, some of my wildest dreams even. And it's just, it's crazy how quickly this has all gone by. Uh, it unbelievable. I mean, really just unbelievable all the way around. Uh, I, I'm not sure what, what the guys... Uh, Thought processes for for some of the postseason stuff that's going to most likely be happening for Utah again. They they do have to win Saturday in order for all this to come to fruition. I believe that they will win Saturday. I don't. I just don't see this team dropping off. I just don't. This team is too focused in. They want this so bad. They knew that they could have done this last year. They came up a little bit short, injuries and and a little inexperience. I don't think these guys are gonna walk away not only disappointing the fans, but disappointing themselves this season. It's I just don't foresee it happening. With that said, let's let's jump in and review what happened. Last week for our now number six Utah Utes. Uh, they have moved up in the AP poll, I believe in the coaches' poll as well. And of course, the all important, uh, oh goodness, college football playoff poll. They really need to come up with a shorter name for that. It's a mouthful. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But uh, number six in the nation. Utah had another big win down in Tucson, Arizona, beating up on the Arizona Wildcats, 35 to seven. And I'm sure as you all remember, Oregon really screwed the pooch. I mean, they, they could have made this process, this journey for the Pac-12 in general, whether whether it would have been Utah or Oregon, a lot easier if they had won their damn game last week, and they should have, they should. I mean, I I will continue to beat this drum. I think Arizona State is a good team. I think they're going to be a problem for the Pac-12 starting next year. I don't think Arizona State was quite there this year, but they were good enough that they were going to be a headache and beat, beat some teams. They should not have beat Oregon. As much as I will say that I think Utah's better than Oregon, as much as I will say I think Oregon has more deficiencies in their game plan, Oregon is so much better than what they played last week, and there just was no excuse for that. But on the other hand, Utah handled their business. They handled their business like champs. Really, they almost pitched another shutout. Uh, Arizona was lucky that Utah put in their second-string defense. Otherwise, they they were staring down a big old goose egg. I think they scored with only like two minutes left in the game. So it just... It was just another dominant, dominant performance. A little sloppier than we've maybe seen in the past. I, I don't know why Utah came out, especially I think in the beginning, as chippy... Uh, as they did, and and you know they had they had some kind of dumb penalties, but they calmed down. They played their game. Obviously, it's not something that you want to see them doing against better competition. But I mean, overall, you just you can't be upset with how things played out last week. Tyler Huntley once again phenomenal. 19 of 23, 82.6 completion percentage uh 211 yards he was averaging about 9.2 yards per throw he had one touchdown he did throw gasp his second interception of the season which is just it's crazy 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 how good this guy has been and i i what can you say about tyler huntley Uh, His QBR for the game was 165.3, which again is just, it's stupid good. It's so damn good. Then you go and you look at what some of the other guys in the game did. Uh, You know, Zach Moss, again, beast, 26 carries, 203 total yards. He was averaging, again, almost eight yards per touch, which is insane. One touchdown touchdown. Uh, he had four receptions, was averaging thirty-two yards per per reception that he had, uh, or sorry, gained thirty-two yards. He was averaging about eight yards uh, per per catch as well. Um, I, wow, this guy, this guy, and then on top of that, they had. All these other guys kind of come in and help carry the load. We saw Brant Keithy on a jet sweep, which was Utah's first touchdown score. And that was fun and awesome and unexpected. And another wrinkle that now defenses are going to have to worry about that they can do with with this tight end that's so versatile and and can do so many different things. Um, he, He definitely starred in this game. I thought it was really exciting seeing TJ Green get his first touchdown of the season, especially with some of the injuries that he's kind of had to deal with and stuff. It's been fun watching some of these guys get their first touchdowns. Uh, If you'll recall last week, DHC had his first touchdown, um, and he's kind of been going through some stuff with his grandfather passing away recently. So it just seeing how excited the team gets for for some of these guys getting their first career touchdown and stuff. It's just, it's so much fun. It adds so much to the game and oh, you just, you gotta love it. You gotta love what this team is doing on offense. Um, they, they've just been so dominant. Uh, as far as the defense is concerned, um, Let's see. Let's look at what some of the significant stats were for last week. Uh, I mean, kind of the guys at the top of the list for last week. Francis Bernard, seven solo tackles, one assist. Um, No sacks. Bradley and I, one sack. uh, Also had seven solo tackles. Terrell Burgess, again, phenomenal. Five tackles. Uh, I just, uh, this team, this team is just so good. So good. Um, let me quickly see if I can find real quick. Okay. Yep. Right here. So this Utah defense held Arizona's offense to 11 first down conversions versus Utah's 28 first down conversions. Uh, (laughs) uh, rushing yards, they only had 61 rushing yards off of 25 attempts versus Utah having 50 attempts and almost 300 yards worth of rushing, uh, on the throwing end of it, Arizona was held to 135 total yards. Um, Utah had 220 and so total offensive yards for Utah, five hundred and seventeen, versus get ready to snort Arizona's one hundred and ninety-six. They didn't even crack two hundred yards. Uh, that's that, that is just dominating defense, dominating defense. And you know, I the crazy thing is, I think these guys just continue to get better and better as the season goes on. It's like they keep getting more and more confident with what it is they're supposed to be doing. And they've just, they've been so fun to watch. They've been such a joy to watch. They never gave up. They literally picked themselves up by their bootstraps when things kind of went sideways against USC and have just been phenomenal since then. I mean, literally giving, giving, Utah fandom, no reason to really worry about them or worry about what they're do- doing. They just go in and they handle their business. And you just, you have to love what's being built up on the Hill and you have to be so proud. And with that being said, after the break, I will get into Colorado and uh, we'll, we'll break down them and kind of what to expect For that game, you are listening to War Party U, and this is Michelle Bodkin going into break.
0: take a look at the rest of the conference real quick. See what happened uh, last week, what we can look forward to this week. Lots of moving and shaking in the Pac-12, man. Lots of moving and shaking. Of course, Utah 35-7 over Arizona in Tucson. Bumping the Utes up to 10-1 on the season, 7-1 in conference. And one game to win for the South title and a repeat performance in the Pac-12 title game. With a little bit more than the Rose Bowl on the line if everything shakes out. So, man, what a good time. The big stumbling block of last weekend. Number six, Oregon, goes into Tempe and cannot put together the W. Arizona State, those Sun Devils, throwing up that shaka, 31-28 over the Ducks. Dropping Oregon to 9-2 on the season, 7-1 in conference. And, uh, you know, those poor ducks, man. That loss drops them from number 6 to number 14 in the college football playoff poll. The only poll that matters. And drops them out of consideration for the playoff. And drubs our hopes of having two 11-1 Division champs meeting in Santa Clara on December sixth. So while it gives the you know it's a black eye for the conference, it leaves the Utes alone at the top as our, as the conference's lone hope to make some noise in the playoff. And uh, you know freed up a little space for the Utes to move up in the poll too. So you know couldn't quite do it. And you know that Colorado's got their eye on the prize, trying to try, trying to make that happen next week. Um, they would love nothing more than to come in and play spoiler because as we'll talk about colorado gets bowl eligible with a win and man they came off an impressive 20 to 14 win over washington so man you know you from week to week man you you, you don't know what's going to happen they 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 beat washington but they they get their asses kicked by ucla they, you know, they're just inconsistent, and I just don't think they're going to have enough mojo to do what they need to do on Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But we'll get into that. USC wins a rivalry game for LA, fifty-two thirty-five over UCLA. UCLA is out of bowl eligibility. USC moving up the rankings. Hey, man, USC's ranked. loan loss is a top twenty-five, so that helps us. In the game. At the third, Cal comes from behind to outscore Stanford 14-3 in the fourth quarter to come away with a 24-20 win. Cal's Bowl eligible. Stanford will not be. Oregon State gets outlasted by a single point. At the Palouse, 54-53 against Washington State. Oregon State needs a win against Oregon in the Civil War this weekend to secure bowl eligibility. And, you know, now that Oregon is out of contention for the playoff, I say go Beeves, man. Go Beavs. Get that bowl eligibility, man. You guys have worked your, your, your buck-tooth-butts off. And, I mean, you know, that's a, that, that, that was, man, almost, almost made it happen. So there you go. Washington State gets bowl eligible by beating Oregon State. Washington's bowl eligible. Stanford's not going to be. Cal, USC, Arizona State, Oregon, all bowl eligible teams from the Pac-12. With the Utes standing atop the standings. Man, it feels good, right? Man, you go back, go back ten years. When we first entered the Pac-12 conference, and a decade later, we're in conversation for the CFP. We're looking at, if not the CFP, possibly the Rose Bowl. Got to win two more games. That is the key. Just keep winning, baby. Utes drop this game to Colorado. Utes drop the conference championship game, and it's a lot. It's a much different conversation. So let's just keep winning, and then it's nothing. So. Here we go. Heading into rivalry week, traditionally, with a few exceptions. The Apple Cup in Seattle, Washington State, Washington, both are 6-5 on the season. Both are 3-5 in conference. And Washington is favored by a single touchdown. Now, at the beginning of the season, I don't know that I would have believed you if you told me that we'd get down to the end of the season and for the Apple Cup, a couple of 6-5 and five teams scrapping. But that's why we play the games and that's on Friday um Black Friday and a day where most of us will be still trying to digest the bird from the day before i still plan to hopefully be in some kind of a food coma um and uh and, and yeah well, you know with the storm that is looming in, so- in in the salt lake valley and and pounding looming at the time of recording probably pounding at the time of release um because this, alas, is not live. But it might as well be. Because it's not like we go back through and edit, man. You cough, you burp, you fart. Yeah, it's there. It's there for the world to hear. On Saturday, we get things rolling with the Civil War in Eugene. Oregon State going in to take on number 14, Oregon. Now, Oregon State's 5-6. and six. Oregon is 9-2. and two. Oregon is favored by 19 points. But it's a rivalry game. A nasty one. And as we well know, anything can happen in a rivalry game. And so, man, can you imagine that upset? Can you imagine the bedlam in Corvallis if the Beavers pull this upset? Sure, it diminishes a you know a, a win over Oregon potentially in the conference title game because Oregon's got the North locked up. Win or lose, they're, they're playing in Santa Clara. Utah still has to win. And I really like that. I really like that that Utah has to keep their focus because there's bigger things afoot. There's, there's, there, there, there's bigger fish to fry, as it were. <laughs> Same time, 2 p.m. Mountain, Notre Dame and Stanford. Notre Dame's favored by 16 and a half. Uh, you know, I don't see anything from Stanford that leads me to believe that it will be anything but exactly that, a decisive Notre Dame victory. But, like we say... As soon as Matt says, hey, I think this team's going to win, the opposite usually happens. So there you go. Maybe maybe the third gets an upset. Not going to get him to a bowl game, but hey, you never know. Of course, the marquee matchup for everybody. 5.30 Mountain Time on ABC in prime time. Colorado at Utah. Colorado hoping to get bowl eligible. Utah hoping to punch their ticket to the conference title game. Utah is currently favored by... 28 and a half. That is a ridiculous point spread. The Utes, if the Utes cover, man, I think they can. I don't know that they that they necessarily will. Just because I think that you know, I mean, style points matter right now, and we're going to have a national audience to showcase what this Ute squad can do. But you know, if it's another 35-7 type affair like like we had last week against Arizona, I think that's enough. Um because there's there there's there's bigger things afoot, so you know, handle Colorado, let's get Jason Shelley a chance to get in there and run the offense and not just mop up duty, let's get him in there to actually make some noise. Let's let this second team get in there and get more reps in front of that home crowd. the last time we're going to watch him play at home this season, man. Later on that night, Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona, out of bowl contention. Arizona State already locked it up. Uh, Devils are favored by a 14. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen from these two squads, especially coming off that Oregon win, I think Arizona State has got a few things figured out. I think they've got some good momentum. And I think that the Wildcats are just in shambles right now. So, uh, you know, I don't even think it's going to be that close. I really got it. My gut tells me that uh, the Devils just run away with this thing, just blow the doors off the Wildcats. And then we we end up with Cal at UCLA. Cal already bowl eligible. UCLA cannot be. UCLA is actually favored by a point and a half at home. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, um, you know Cal's got their quarterback back, and and that's gonna that's that's helping them. They've still got a nasty defense, and but you know UCLA has surprised people a few times. You never know what's gonna happen. Who, who the hell knows? I don't. I like the. You know, I. I'm not even gonna pr- pretend to be smart enough to try to prognosticate these games or handicap these things, man. I'm just a fan looking at it, going, "Wow, yeah, they looked good. They looked good. They looked. They, looked, they, they didn't look that good. Um, ooh, wow." So that's yeah. That's where you have it. That's the final weekend of the regular season for the 2019 football campaign i can't believe it's here it's depressing but exciting at the same time what a season we have been witness to so you know what win lose or tie a utah man am i and will be till i die kaya because you know what this is what it's all about one more chance to get up there and mix it up with friends and family in the cold in the snow god i love this all right well we'll have more war party you on the flip side thanks for joining us Don't go nowhere.
1: Back at you with the hottest takes in all of Utah sports. This is War Party U and... Michelle Bodkin of UteZone.com hanging out with my friends Matt and Ryan and we are breaking down everything Utah football. And as I mentioned in the last segment I did, sad face. we, We are staring down the last regular season game of the 2019 season. Thankfully, I don't think... Saturday is it for the Utes. They at least have a bowl game. And I I think they have a little bit more than just a bowl game coming up for them. But it is all dependent on whether or not they take care of their big, quote-unquote, rivalry game in the Pac-12. I, I know the Pac-12 wants Colorado to be Utah's rival. I don't think they are. I think USC and ASU. And even even if you want to go up north, I think Washington and Stanford are much more rivals of Utah football than, than Colorado. Um, and, and part of the problem is Colorado really, for the most part, just has not been good. They've really struggled making the transition to the Pac-12. Um, they've been through a couple of coaches now. Uh, their old coach... Uh, who was fired last year Mike McIntyre you know did clinch them a Pac-12 South title I still think that was like the flukiest thing ever I really think I think they kind of lucked their way into that one I I just don't know that I really believe that they were the best team in the South that year um I think I think they were a little bit improved, but I don't know that they were really that good. And I think I think kind of their postseason exposed a lot of that when they got spanked in in the uh, conference championship game, and and then in their bowl game. I think like Iowa State of all, I, just like someone not good. So I I think they kind of skated through because nobody believed that they were capable of beating anyone and. That wasn't entirely true. They could beat people um, if if you didn't come with your A game. And I, and I think they caught most of their opponents off guard is really, truly what I believe of that year. I also, for the record, was a Mike McIntyre fan. And then when all this stuff kind of came out about some of the stuff he covered up, like I was all about his ass needed to be fired. I just like, I am not here for that kind of crap. I, I ugh. really frustrating. Glad to see he's gone. Glad to see that he's suffering at Old Miss with a uh, rich rod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they are getting absolutely beat up <laughs> in the sec. Um, Cause uh, they're both just kind of despicable in my book. However, Colorado's hired a new head coach. Uh, this is his first year, Mel Tucker. I, I like what I've seen out of him. I think he brings a really good positive energy to this program. I think he's kind of getting them to where they're believing and buying into what he's saying. Now it's just going to be a matter of Mel Tucker bringing in his guys and the types of guys that he wants circulating through the Colorado Buffalo program. With that being said, yes, they they've looked a little more energized the last two weeks than they have in the past. Um, Yes. LaVisca Chenault seem seems to be back. I, I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy on, you know, what, what the deal is with his abdominal injur- injury that he's been dealing with most of the season. Um, it appears to be that it's not bothering him as much as it was maybe earlier in the season. But here's the thing about Colorado. They, they don't have a lot of weapons to go to. Uh, and... I just... Utah's too good. Utah is too good. And unless Utah just decides to play not show up for this game, unless Utah, this Utah team, for whatever reason, decides that they have this in the bag already, despite needing to win this game in order to clinch everything up, uh, I... I just I don't see it I don't see it Steven Montez is just kind of he's okay Uh, you get pressure in his face and that's something that Utah this Utah defense has been so good at from all sorts of different places he's gonna get rattled you know it's it's just it's too as talented as LaVisca Chenault is and as many different things as Colorado can make him do within that offense it's just too easy when you only really have to key in on one guy. I just, I don't expect much from from this game. Unless, again, like I said, Utah just decides to not show up, not give it their full 100% effort. And I, I just, I don't know... That that is something that's going to happen from this team. And the the reason being is I think they want that shot at the playoff. And I think they know that they need to be impressive. You know, it's not even about squeaking out a win. Especially against, again, a team. They're they're five and six this year. Um they're 74th out of 130 division one FBS football programs which isn't great uh, points per game they're averaging 24 which is 99th out of 130 schools um, it just I just I, I just don't see it and I know people have talked about oh well 2011 or I think there was like one other year that Colorado kind of screwed things up for Utah and I just, it's, it's not going to be this year. I I will eat my hat if it, if it does happen to be this year, but I just, I don't think it will be. I, this Utah team is too good. They are too focused. The, the senior and junior Leadership is just it's it's too good. it's too good and they are too close to doing some phenomenal things that I don't think they're going to let this slip by on them. Uh, so you know, just just be ready for Utah to, to put on another good show and just really show how dominant and good they are. Because I think that is task numero uno for this team is just continue to build on the narrative that we have been better than everyone we have come across. And even they can make an argument with that, with their one loss against USC. Because it, it's boring ad nauseum stuff, but you throw out the final score, you look at... All the rest of the stats of that game, Utah dominated USC. They were just one play away from actually winning that game. And so, it's, it's just, again, it's continuing to build that resume. It's continuing to make force the national people to have to talk about them and talk about how dominant they've been and all that kind of stuff. So look for Utah to do that Saturday and look for them to send their seniors out the right way because this has been an amazing senior class. And in my last segment after the break, I I will get into that a little bit more since I've had the absolute honor and pleasure of talking to every single senior this season. So you are listening to War Party U. We are taking a quick break, and we will be right back at ya.
0: Man, oh man, can you even believe it? Season is drawing to a close here we are here we are facing the final regular season game we've got it at home this year senior day on the heels of a major winter storm gonna be cold gonna be snowy probably not for the game but we'll see you know we'll see what happens as of right now it's looking to just be really really cold And, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Cold, you can bundle up. Once you get cold and wet, that's when discomfort sets in and toes have to be amputated. So, bundle up. So here we are. We've got the Colorado Buffaloes coming in for the final game of the season. The uh, contrived rivalry that they're trying to force down our throats, which, you know, isn't happening. I think that if, uh, if Colorado can get things back on track like it looks like they are doing um and uh, and you know, Utah can continue its its rate of success and and uh, you know our you know year to year improvement and, and, and establish ourselves as one of the one of the top programs, especially in the division, we might see that change, but until we're playing for something more than you know you know more than we have been, you know it's it's tough. you know you can't force a rivalry those things have to develop naturally um, so, you know, I mean, not not for lack of trying. Uh, you know, our first year our first year in the pack. Utah had it right out there in front of them. Could have had the Pac-12 South title that first year in uh, and shat the bed against the Buffaloes. So strange things happen, but this team is dialed in. This team is focused. So first and foremost, let me echo the sentiments of damn near everybody on Ute Twitter, our head coach Kyle Whittingham, and everybody involved with the program, let's send these seniors out the right way. This is a historical senior class for the University of Utah. Another senior class graduating without having lost to the team down south. Uh, A senior class who has come in, several of which decided to stick around one more year to play for the U instead of going pro. You think about the money they could be raking in right now that they said, okay, you know what, I can wait a year. So kickoff is at 5 30 be in your seats at 5 at the latest please and i'm not the fan police i'm not going to tell you how to fan but right now i guess yeah sure i will get your ass in your seat by five o'clock Ute fans this is a national tv audience everything is on the line this game everything is right there we're on abc in primetime eyes will be there lots of people who have not watched this team play yet are going to watch this team play because they're hearing this buzz they're hearing the hype and they want to find out if Utah's legit and that starts with the fans in the seats at kickoff but let's send the senior class out right. let's have these seniors come out to be honored on senior day and have them be have them have them see a packed stadium just cheering for them. And let's go down the list. Now, a lot of the names on the list, you don't hear a lot. They're, you know, they're, they're on special teams. They're on scout team. They're doing their thing. But they are members of this squad and will be recognized. So to our seniors, Bradley and I, Francis Bernard, Julian Blackman, Terrell Burgess, Leckie Fotu, Malik Haynes, Tyler Huntley, Kyle Lantherman, Tariq Lewis, Alex Locklear, Zach Moss, Josh Nurse, Darren Paolo, John Pennacini, Damari Simpkins, Andrew Strau, Hunter Thetford, Paul Tawala, Derek Vickers, Tyrone, Young, Smith, we thank you all. Let's be in our seats, ready to honor these guys, ready to blow the roof off of, well, okay, there's no roof on Rice-Eccles Stadium, but you get what I'm saying, right? Be loud, be up there, be all over it. And then we take on the buffs, man. 28 and a half point favorites okay that's just that's like FCS point spread right there. You know so clearly Vegas likes the chances of uh, of the Utes kicking the shit out of the buffaloes and I can't say I disagree. And, that, and, and the spread has actually increased as the week has gone on. I think it opened at, like, 28, 27, something like that. And it's actually gone up, which means even with that obnoxious point spread, people were still putting money on the Utes. And who can blame them, man? This team is a machine. Uh, you know, Colorado, you know, let's, let's be honest, though, man. Colorado's coming in on a two-game win streak, uh, you know, given the two games at home. Uh, but they beat Stanford and Washington back to back, you know, with a, with a buy in between. And that, you know that's nothing stiff at man. Um, of course, they did get their asses handed to them at UCLA. They made a close game of it against USC. They got the, their doors blown off by Washington State. So you know, honestly, you can't expect them to roll over. They're playing for bowl eligibility. You know, I mean, a Buffalo's win on Saturday not only derails Utah's hopes of a college football playoff, but makes them bowl eligible and they get another game. So there's a lot to play for, man. So don't think for a second that they're just going to come in here, tuck their tail and get it kicked because they're not. That being said, I do think the Utes absolutely smoke Colorado. I'm calling a final score. You know, what? Well, let's, let's pitch a shutout. Let's say, yeah, let's call it 49-0 Utah. I like that. 49-0, mark it down, take it to the bank, don't bet money on it if you're gonna hold it against me because we've seen how uh, my predictions pan out. And you know, that's why I'm just talking about it. That's why I, you know, and I will never bet on Utah football. No money ever on the line. No, not gonna happen. It just detracts from the enjoyment of the game for me. Um, I learned my lesson years ago, betting on teams that I love. The Jazz were in the playoffs against the Clippers. I was in Wendover for, actually, for a bachelor party of one Ryan Boyce. Years and years ago. This is a long, long time ago. Former lives we're talking about here. We were both very different people. But we're in Wendover. Had a few in me. Yeah, sure. Why not? The Jazz. I I think it was some obnoxious, like sixteen-point spread or something like that. I plunked some cash down on the Jazz to, to 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 cover, and the Jazz won but didn't cover. So I'm sitting there pissed off at my team for winning a playoff game, and I vowed to myself on that day never again will I place money on the line. On a game for a team that I love. Now that's not to say that I won't go in the beginning of the season and put down a chunk of change for like a you know a conference championship or a natty, but because uh, you know just when those when, when when those hit, man, that's some that's some sweet sweet moolah, Uncle Rico style. So, um, but what you gonna do? So let's get it on. So you know 5:30 kickoff. We want to be in this, everybody in the stadium by five o'clock. But that means ahead of that, we need to throw down one final epic tailgate. For the season. And I happen to know that the Utah Pig Bus, like they do, will be serving up some buffalo. So they've got some buffalo pastrami for sandwiches. They're going to be serving up some buffalo wings so that the buffs can't fly. And it's going to be a great time. So, please, get there early. Be loud. Come mix it up at the tailgate. Put on a coat, put on your boots, put on your gloves, hat, scarf, hand warmers, feet warmers. We are Utahns. We live in the snow. We excel in the snow, except when it falls and people have to drive in it, because apparently we all all forget how the hell to do that. So be safe. But come up, get up there at the tailgate lot. Come find us in the northwest corner. Go find Travis Vallejo at the Ute Fan Faithful Tailgate. Go find Tony Corologos at the Ute Hub Tailgate. Introduce yourself. You will be welcomed in with open arms, no matter where you go, because Tailgate is about family. It's about friends. It's about food. It's about the experience. And, man, you know, looking back over the season, what a fun experience this has been once again Uh, I I, you know I'm getting a little I'm getting a little emotional thinking that this is the last one because you know the the days spent up at that tailgate lot are just fantastic I have been able to meet a lot tons of new people this year you know further develop friendships with a bunch of people that I already knew but you know all in all it's just been a fantastic experience so if you haven't come up yet get up there this is the last chance to do it till next year next ah it's just killing me so you know as the weekend goes on i want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving enjoy your time with friends and family there equally as important but then saturday let's get in there let's get going let's make some noise time to get seismic at rice eccles stadium everybody if you don't have a ticket, put it out there on social media. I've seen tons of people on Facebook, Twitter. Go to the Ute Fans Ticket Exchange on Facebook. Just tweet it out there that you're looking for a ticket because there's tons of people that either can't go or or are looking to, to find Ute Fans to fill those seats. So get it out there. Get on there. You know, you, you get a standing room ticket for all I care. It's so much fun. But you want to be in that stadium. You want to be there to honor these seniors because they deserve our support. They have they lay it out on the line every week, week in, week out, blood, sweat, and tears for this youth squad. And as fans, we need to step up our game this last final t- game of the season and show them the love. So I'll see you on Saturday, Youth fans. More War Party you later. Peace.
1: are back on War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin hanging out with Matt and Ryan, and we are talking all things University of Utah football and breaking down the last regular season game of 2019 for this amazing Utah Utes team. And before I sign off on, on this episode, I just wanted to talk about Utah's senior class and and the guys that are involved in this year's program. Uh, they have been an absolute joy to be around and work with. And uh, I think I've mentioned it in another episode before. This has been probably my favorite group of seniors since that 2015 team. Uh, that had, like, Isaac Asiata, and Kenneth Scott, and Gianni Paul, and I think, was Nate Orchard still there, or was he the year before? No, Nate Orchard was still there. Uh, uh, Devonte Booker, like, uh, Travis Wilson, Kendall Thompson, like, all all of those guys, like, this team is so similar to them in a lot of ways just just the leadership that the senior class exudes and even even the guys below below them like you know the Jalen Johnsons of of the group that 2015 team had the same type of thing with like Marcus Williams and and guys like that like there's just so many striking similarities. I think the one thing that 2019 has that 2015 didn't was just a little more depth to overcome, you know, key injuries that sometimes happen in a season. And thankfully, this Utah team has been very healthy. And part of that has been, you know, they have an offense that can kind of do do their due diligence in a game and and. You know, it's not always up to the defense to save the day. And I think that saved a lot of injuries. I, you know, that 2015 team, I would have been really curious to see, you know, what Andy Lud- Ludwig could have done with them. Again, I don't think they have near as much depth, especially at wide receiver. Um, like, like they do in 2019, I don't think they would have had quite as many options, but I just think... They probably would have been used a little bit better and into their fuller capabilities, and they maybe would have won a game or two more than they did. Uh, even even with some of the injuries, I just I, there just something there was something that wasn't quite as efficient as it needed to be with that two thousand and fifteen team. But you know what? That that just sometimes happens, and at the end of the day, it doesn't erase just how phenomenal that team was and how great that group of guys was and i love i love that i still you know talk to and keep in touch with a lot of a lot of that team um and i i see i see a real possibility that it's probably probably going to be a little bit the same way a little different because i'm a decent chunk older than a lot of these guys this this go around whereas the 2015 team i was Pretty close to the same age to a lot of them, but I, I think, I think these, this is going to be another group of guys that's just going to be heavily identified with their school and wanting to come back and wanting to give back to the Utah Salt Lake community. You know, going, coming back to games, reuniting with teammates. Uh, just, just making the time and the effort to be around. That 2015 team does it. 2008 does it. 2004 does it. 1994 team is very involved and active in Utah football. 2019 is going to be a very similar type situation, and and these guys are just special. So cherish them. Cherish them because. They're good in the classroom, they're good on the field, they're good out in the community, you know, they they just, i there's just not an, enough time for me to really talk about what a good, interesting, kind, generous, amazing group of guys Utah recruited into this class, and that's You know, the guys that have been here all four years, that's some of the fill-in seniors that, you know, were grad transfers that came in and and kind of helped fill out the team for, you know, just this season. They've all been great. They've all been wonderful. Uh, They've worked their tails off. They've bought in. And there's a reason why this team is sitting where it's currently sitting, and it's it's in large part because of of those kids, those guys, uh, and their belief not only in themselves but in the guys around them as well, and in the coaches, and that is that can make all the difference in the world as far as you know how well a team does or doesn't do in a season, and. And even, you know, I'll even spread that out to the parents. I think the group of parents surrounding this year's team has just been awesome. They retweet everybody's senior features. They make sure that people are tagged so that so that they know that, you know, something awesome has been written about them or, you know, that they're getting credit or or, you know, I see you know, other parents, you know, complimenting another kid for for having a great game and being so happy to see them succeed and and have a little bit of, you know, the limelight in what's been a really amazing season. And that, I think, goes a long way. I think it goes a really, really long way. And so to see, see this Utah football family... This football team it it really trickles, it trickles down from the coaches, it trickles down from the players. It's now seeping into the families, and the families are all bought in and and looking out for each other and taking care of each other, and it enjoy this fans. Enjoy it and hope that it continues to build and continues to get bigger and better. As the years go on, because not every college team can say that they have this type of culture. It's it's awesome and it's amazing. And I'm telling you that this is unique from conversations I've had with players that have been at other schools. I am telling you that this situation is unique from some of my scouting friends that, you know, go all over the country and, and evaluate talent. And I mean, they see what goes on, on the inside of some of these programs, uh, you know, and, and even some of my reporter friends too, like I have friends that they, they go and they cover, you know, a bunch of different teams and the, it's really kind of a consensus thought that, what Utah football has, what Coach Whittingham has built, what these guys believe in and and keep adding to is unique. It's unique and it's done in the right way. And now you're starting to see them really build a national brand, which, you know, has always been the goal, but it's something that's a work in progress. And I would say this senior class has been another significant step in in building that national prominence and showing a way that you can do do that the right way and you know make sure that all the things that actually count being a good person getting your schoolwork done graduating graduating from college what a concept all matter and on top of that hell you can still go and play in the nfl by doing all of that and you can still possibly be up for postseason awards and, you know, big fancy playoff games and the the need to cheat and be sneaky and conniving and, and, you know, doing some of the slimy, slimy things that some schools have been caught for doing, It it isn't necessary. It doesn't have to be that way. So I really relish in it, really relish in it, take pride in it and you know when when there are some down seasons just ride the wave ride the wave and know that it's being taken care of in a way that ultimately you're going to be proud of and they will get it back up where it needs to be but you know this this the way that they do this it maybe is going to be a little more up and down than than some of your other programs and and Be okay with that as long as, you know, some of the other stuff is happening, that guys are graduating at a high rate, that they're still making it to the NFL, that there aren't scandals, that sort of thing. So with all that being said, I am begging everyone that listens to this podcast, please, 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 please show up early and send these seniors out the right way. They are good guys they are good guys and they are going to do amazing things on and off the football field I can guarantee that to you so just just be there on time make the stadium full make it loud show them how proud you are for everything that they've accomplished and everything that they are going to accomplish because I can promise you promise you That list is going to be long and, and absolutely amazing when all said and done. Well, uh, that's all I got on my, on my plate of things. Uh, before I sign off, I want to wish every single one of you an amazing Thanksgiving. I hope you spend it with family and friends and, and again, just be thankful for this team and, and this year and, on, on my behalf, thank you so much for listening and reading everything that I do. It's appreciated. You know, I, I feel like the luckiest person on earth getting to do what I get to do. And, you know, hopefully there's more good things on the horizon that, that we can kind of celebrate together and break down and talk about for years to come. You're listening to War Party U. We're signing off. Have a great day.
0: Well, you know, as the season winds to a close, we're looking at lots of different potential scenarios for the postseason. You know, the best of which hinge on the Utes winning out. Let's beat Colorado on Saturday, and then let's just go manhandle the Ducks in the conference championship game. Because then it's all out in front of us. It's all there. All of the preseason hype, all of the playoff talk, it's all there on the table now you know we're not i'm not going to spend a lot of time dissecting all of the different possible scenarios of who needs to lose who needs to win what needs to happen here and there because we're getting that everywhere and let's be honest you don't come here for insight and analysis you come here to listen to somebody that knows about football and knows the insights of insights of the team in one michelle bodkin and a bunch of fanboy talk. so Let's just appreciate what's here, what's out in front of us. Get loud, get proud, Ute fans. Let's fill up Rice Eccles on Saturday, get seismic, and send these boys off the right way. That does it for another edition of War Party U and the final regular season preview episode of the season. Next week, we're, we're, we're going to be talking Colorado. We'll talk about the Colorado game, and if all goes as planned, we'll be previewing the Pac-12 championship game Santa Clara, Friday, December 6th, against the Oregon Ducks. So, for Michelle Bodkin, for Ryan Boyce, I am Matty Aces. This has been War Party U. Thanks for joining us. As always, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and above all, go Utes!